is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 278, recorded on September 15th, 2016. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live, and, and not really broadcasting live this week, although I'm broadcasting live right now, mostly just to get the intro done uh, for this series of podcasts that will be coming up over the next couple weeks. If you're a member of, if you've subscribed to our newsletter or you've hung around the podcast network for very long, you know, next couple weeks are a little sketchy for me on Thursdays, and so we will be when we normally broadcast live. So I'll be um, putting into the feed some interviews that we did at Heartland Developer Conference uh, just last week here in 2016. And some great interviews. I think you'll like them. There'll be two interviews each that are in there over the next couple of weeks. Uh, just not available on Thursday nights. And so this is a great way of getting those, uh, getting that content repurposed and uh, to get it downstream. So we'll post those at regular intervals. They'll be available for you on the weekends, just like they normally are. And so hope you enjoy them. We'll remind you, Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. If you find uh, this show, you'll find the links to many other great podcasts out at thegeeksnetwork.com. Of course, this weekend, Home Server Show Meetup. And so um, if you're a Patreon supporter or if you've been, if you were, um, doing patreon for stickers i should have sent most of them to our australian listeners I have a really hard time getting these there guys to be honest with you and so i may not uh, be able to do that i've held back a couple just in case but uh we are taking the rest of them there and i'll be taking down that three dollar pledge on patreon if you want to continue to support the show just head out to the average guy.tv slash support and uh, click on the patreon link and that will get you there as well we'll be changing around we'll do fun some fun things with patreon over the coming uh, months, weeks and months as we head into Christmas. So we're looking forward to it. I'll remind you as I close this part out, I won't put a closing in at the very end of the podcast. We'll just drop out uh, at the, with the last interview that we do. Just a couple of reminders though for you. One is if you want to contact me, uh, send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. You can find me on Twitter at jcollison. Don't forget that theaverageguy.tv web hosting and, and both media and web hosting are provided by and and really some really great web hosting out at Maple Grove Partners. So head out to maplegrovepartners.com, secure, reliable, fast by people you know and you trust. Plans start as cheap as $10 a month, great stuff. Head out to maplegrovepartners.com. We'll thank Roger out at WLMN Radio. We, uh, we said last week that uh, we always put this in at the end of the show and uh, I'm gonna put it in at the beginning this week. If you're in Grafton, West Virginia and you're listening, we'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv if you're if you catch this show on a regular basis, I know we broadcast in the mornings, Monday through Friday. So we'd love to hear from you. Again, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Always kind of fun to hear if that's uh, anybody's listening to us out there in Grafton. And then, of course, don't forget you can download and listen to this on our new app. And it's really not new, but uh, the app is available for you out there. Head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Big buttons to download that. Sponsored by LastPass, and we appreciate their sponsorship of the podcast to be able to do that. Again, homegadgetgeeks.com will get you there. For those of you who have been supporting us on Amazon, we appreciate that. Amazon, if you head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon, you support the network uh, with your purchases out there. It doesn't cost you any more, but uh, it does. We, do, we, we make a few pennies off your purchase, and we appreciate that as well. If you haven't signed up for the newsletter, eh, you got to do maybe this is the week to get it done. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter, and there's a sign-up page right there there. We're normally live on Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. Not for the next couple of weeks, but we'll have a regular podcast out for you 
over the weekend. We have Tara Wheeler, who she's up first. She was the keynote and uh, a pretty, pretty great keynote speaker for this conference. And so I encourage you to listen to it. Uh, maybe a little different than you're used to hearing. And uh, so, you know, every once in a while, I like to tweak the format some. And then Ryan Pendle, you know him from Silicon Prairie News. We've had him on a couple times and uh, he just brings a great update what's going on at Silicon Prairie News. So those two for this week, we'll have more coming up over the next couple of weeks. Thanks for staying around. Thanks for listening. Hope to meet some of you at the Home Server Show meetup this weekend. So with that, uh, we'll kick in the interviews. Thanks for listening. Jim Collison, we are live at Infotech 2016. I'm here with the today's keynote speaker, <laughs> Tara Wheeler. And, and Tara, you're apparently a big deal. You've got a book. You're a CEO. There's no shirt. <laughs> so, you know, all kinds of great stuff. Thanks for taking a few minutes to interview Thanks with so me much. today. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, let's just dive into who you Wonderful. are. If you give me kind of a little bit of background of on the course. details you'd love to share with us. Absolutely. Uh, I am a big fan of furry cat videos on the internet. Uh, <laughs> I am the CEO of Fizment. I'm website securities are at Symantec. I'm the author of the Women in Tech book. Uh, I spend too much time on Twitter, I think, at this point. And, uh, I've, uh, I've gotten into Twitter lately, <laughs> too. A little bit of that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have an unfortunate soy latte habit at this point. Addiction yeah. <laughs> to to uh, to coffee at this point. Mm -hmm. All those things you would expect from a girl geek. Would is it okay to call? Uh, would you call consider me a girl yourself geek girl geek? Too. Yeah, it's a, it's it's one way to put it. Sure. Um, I think that uh, that that people who are inclusive and happy and want to provide this kind of opportunity for others to share messages that that we often need to be a little bit more forgiving. I think of, of folks who. I, I, I got to say, I remember a story once when an older gentleman who had hired me to do a really great position said um, he was on a, a call with me and he said, all right, well, now you gals just go on ahead and, and get done with that. Oh, I mean, girls, I mean, ladies, I mean, women, I mean, <laughs> and I said, just don't call me late to dinner. It's fine. Yeah. He's a wonderful human being and, and working and we need to be a little forgiving, I think, of people yeah. who are trying their hardest to be inclusive. And uh, I like to do that. Yeah. I like to reach out, you know. We're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about that uh, sure. because... Um, we see a lot in our hiring too. We see a lot sure. where we're trying to, you know, the, the, I think the national average in computer mm -hmm. science programs today in the United States is 7%. I think that's the latest, uh, ladies again, yeah. to men, uh, mm -hmm. ratio. Yeah. Um, we've had some great success in our internship programs at Gallup and we get that in the 25, 30% really? range, but wow, that's spectacular. we still got, a, we have still have a long ways to go. We'll, yeah. we'll come back to that. You have done a lot of things and I, I understand you're kind of a Star Trek aficionado. Is that? Was, was that the, the roars of outrage from in what, there when I said something I about think, how clearly Star Trek was superior to Star Wars? Uh, so someone was carrying a lightsaber around and wow. brand, I feel like there's a lightsaber brandishing statue. We Those are pretty brash words to say in a tech <laughs> keynote from that standpoint, but you've done a lot of different tech things. If you look at your bio, what's been your favorite? I mean, of all the roles that you've done mm. to date, and it can even be what you're doing right now, but what's been your favorite? It's so hard to say. I think that that the thing that I've loved the most is I feel like careers in technology don't have to be linear. And as a result, I've gotten a chance to do all manner of things that I love without necessarily having to wait in line to do yeah. them, which is a great experience. Yeah. Well, you've so. done some. You've done some. Uh, uh, some incredible project management, right? When we think about tech projects and some of those things. Well, just managing that book, I'll tell you. So I, I joke with those those ladies. Project managing eight famous women in technology is, is yeah. quite the challenge. How did you come to the point where you decided to write a book? What was that? Oh, How did that a, happen? That's a great question. So there I was in 2014, and I had given yet another talk on here's how to get a job as a woman in technology, and here's what this is like. And uh, finally, I just said. Like three people came up to me and said, have you considered doing a book? And I was like, <laughs> finally, I got to do this. So if I just write the book, then everyone will ask me 
my advice and I'll just hand them the book and I'll never have to talk about yeah. it ever again. Instead, the only thing that happens is now I have to boil it down into four easy blog posts for just everybody. And I was like, all right, like, well. I, I wrote a whole book. Failed. Can you just read the book? Right, it's kind of like, like it's should, yeah. maybe you should podcast the book so people can. Oh my god! Have you thought about doing that, or well, have you maybe you've done it? Uh, there's the audiobook is out on Audible, okay. so yeah, that, that that I think is what they call a podcast these days. <laughs> yeah, well, now the mm -hmm. the audiobook is word for word. Have you mm -hmm. thought about breaking the book down into a podcast mm -hmm. series where you kind of go beyond, mm -hmm. you know, take chapters and maybe you do six podcasts? Mm -hmm on the chapters that are more informal. People love the- That is a really great like a idea. Cereal. Oh, good, good. I'm gonna steal that from you. Oh, totally. I'll okay, give you my good. card when I'm done. We can oh, talk yeah. about this. If but you wanna interview me through all of them? I would, I would, do any work. I would actually do that <laughs> okay, for good. you. So that'd be, I would, it would be a ton of fun, especially mm -hmm. because this is a really important topic to oh, us, yeah. uh, women in tech. Mm -hmm. Are we making progress at this point? Is it getting better out there? Yeah. You know, I mentioned 7%. Yeah. Uh, we, want, we want that to be 50. Mm -hmm. We're working okay. really, really hard to go 50-50. Um, we're doing all kinds of things. But in sure. your opinion, are we making progress nationally? Well, um, I, I, I'm going to challenge you on that. We want it to be 50. First, I, it's, okay. it's tough to say because we've we've seen that the high point of women in technology was 1984 with 38% of women getting uh, degrees in computer science. Yeah. And I think it was a couple of years ago it dropped to 11. You're saying last year it went down to seven. Seven, and, I think, yeah. is what the, the last one I heard. The last one you heard, exactly. So clearly the problem's getting worse and not better. And yet it's not necessarily that we want to see gender equality in technology. It's yeah. only that we want to see women and not having to drop out and increasing numbers at each point in their careers yeah. based on challenges faced by family life, by the structure of technology companies. Yeah. Um, I like to often say the problem that technology has is not really a woman problem. It's a primary caregiver problem. Mm. And while women are still taking over the majority of the work at home in terms of kids and house and everything like that, uh, it's a real challenge to try to do this this kind of a career. Yeah. So, uh, and the interesting and the good news, the, the positive part about all this is that the millennial generation, those under 30, men are now expected and expecting crucially, to take over at least half of the house and child care yeah. work. So that's extraordinary to hear. And it also means managers now need to start thinking about the fact that it's going to be more men who are requesting family leave. Yep. So yeah. No, we see that. We, yeah. We're starting to see that now. Right. And I, I think uh, becoming very important. We, mm -hmm. I deal with more of the mm -hmm. high school college. We have a high know. school and college yeah. internship program sure. and giving equal opportunities. And so it's okay. one of the, we also see uh, at that level, especially in high school, okay. one of the, one of the premises, I don't know in the book, if you deal with sure. it, all, but we see a lot of girls dropping out in junior high. Yes. And so we're losing the points, them, right? Yeah. We lose them even before we get started. Right. We, we're starting uh, to target that with a specific program at Gallup that will okay. bring these kids in and, right. and hopefully change that. We find transportation, especially in the inner city or in the in the areas of low income is, is a problem. Okay. Do you guys see anything in, in the work that you've done? We've mm -hmm. talked about family life. Now that's Absolutely. kind of post-college or even in that age kind of standpoint. Do you see any other challenges in between maybe that eighth grade or those seventh oh, and eighth yeah. grade years in high school? Can you talk a little bit about well, what do you see? You, you really put your finger on it right there. It's it's that there are multiple challenges and over time it's just a higher attrition rate for women. We see them drop out at about yeah. twice the rate at men as men do at each major point in their journey towards technology in uh, in, in elementary school, in junior high school, in high in high school, when they go into college, when they graduate with a computer science degree, there's a big, big break point in women who graduate with computer science degrees yeah. who actually go into technical work. Many of them go into meta or paratechnical work like project management, mm -hmm. digital marketing. Yep. They have those skill sets, uh, but they're often not as welcomed into the engineering field. So that's that's a major break point there. We also see that that next major break point at about 35 when it's it's 
really a choice in that moment. Are you going to be focusing on your family yeah. or your career? And that's it's really unfortunate to see a lack of support for that. One of the major suggestions that I think we in the field have really been working on is when we see paid family leave, paid parental leave in the United States become federal in nature, I think we're going to see a big change at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about yeah. Um, when we think about high school as college, sure. you made a statement just a minute ago about the, the you mm -hmm. said engineering, you used that sure. word and then they're beginning to drop out. Anything from an enterprise perspective mm -hmm. as we think about how business, because I think sure. my, my premise is that the enterprise should own the internship right. world. When we think about both high school and college, it's our job to make sure that these students are ready to go and right. ready to be employed. We have the work. We know what they need to do. Yep. It's silly if we're going to expect our universities to do this for us. Mm -hmm. So what kind of advice would you give to me with that premise? And mm -hmm. if, if we were going to change that at the high school and college level, what kind mm -hmm. of advice would you give to me as an enterprise that maybe something mm -hmm. I could do different? I'm going to call out to something I was just talking about in my keynote over there, which was the fact that sometimes we need to see the change that's out there before we believe that we can actually accomplish it. And so you as an enterprise can absolutely demonstrate that by promoting, by hiring women leaders in your field and by showing the women who are showing up in high school and collegiate internship programs that you do hire and promote internally yeah. women tech, tech technical leaders inside your company. Yeah. And I remember thinking, and I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, it was such a great moment seeing in the seventh season of Star Trek The Next Generation, <laughs> the first time that Deanna Troy gets to stop wearing the cutie shirts and puts on the real uniform for the first yeah. time, goes through the training to become a bridge officer and sits her first watch and just sitting down in that captain's chair for the first time. I mean, I remember looking at that and going, yeah. Maybe I could try that too. Yeah. And I think a lot of women really have that moment when they see women achieving that, they just think to themselves, that's an option I don't think I realize existed for me. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's mm -hmm. a good point. Show I think, and yeah, I kind of prove it is what yeah. you're saying. Uh, Gallup, both of our, our, both our VPs of software and MIS are, are women. Well, you're back. So there's a great, there there's go. a great opportunity uh, there. We are also finding uh, with the ladies that we bring in mm -hmm. at the high school level, it, many of them come in not thinking computer science right. is a option and they leave yeah. amazingly thinking computer science is an option. Uh, we're having we're having some great success. I remember our very first year of the high school program, sure. we had a gal, we asked him, what do you think you'll do? And she said, I biology or something like that. Sure. And uh, she ended up going in computer science and then Google stole her away from me and she's doing some software development. They do that so, every once in a while. Google, <laughs> Google. Um, so from a book perspective sure. then, what, how, how, does this changed anything for you? I mean, is writing the book, publishing mm -hmm. it, being a published author, I assume it's available on Amazon and oh, all yeah. the great places Audible, you can, Amazon, you can buy it. Yeah, yeah, Has this changed anything for you? Has it opened any new doors? Has it created credibility in, or got you speaking in areas you couldn't speak before? I, I already was speaking in these areas. I'm going to say that that mostly what I see people telling me is that it's helped to do the same thing that that moment in season seven of Next Gen did for mm. me, which is just open their eyes to the fact that people have different stories. This isn't just me writing this. This is autobiographical chapters interspersed with advice. Mm. So there's seven other women who also write an autobiographical essay. They tell about what it's like to be them. Yeah. And the essays that have a big impact on people are the ones they can most closely relate to. Notably, really importantly, only two out of the eight women who write in this book have computer science degrees. So the important thing to remember is that technology is available through a lot of doors. There's a yeah. lot of doors into and out of this career, yeah. and it doesn't have to be linear. 
So I had that reinforced in my own mind and my ability to teach that, I think. And so many women reach out and they say, it was amazing reading Katie's essay and finding out what it's like to have a baby while doing a tech contract. Or it's inspiring reading Brianna's essay and understanding what it's like to be attacked by Gamergate and still come through with a great and award-winning game that she designed and put out there into the world. It's wonderful to read that, to, to hear about these stories that women are telling about what it's like to be in technology. And all of a sudden, they're having those eye-opening moments of, hey, my life hasn't followed a traditional path, and I don't have a scholarship to Stanford or MIT, right. but I can do this. Yeah, That's the greatest moment. That's so good, because yeah. I think uh, I think there's so much pressure in the Silicon Valley yeah. to have a Ber- you know, to go to Berkeley or to go to Stanford mm-hmm. or to go to USC, and Absolutely. you have to have this certain um, pedigree set up to be able to do it. And, I think so. And yet, we hire computer science, or we hire software developers who come out of math programs. Absolutely. I've hired them out of English programs before. Oh, yeah. They they find technology late in their yes, college career, right? And they think, mm-hmm. hey, this could be really awesome. And, and I think we need to start thinking as an enterprise outside the box that, mm-hmm. hey, um, I don't have to be a darling of the Silicon Valley. I don't have to come out of Austin or Boston. Nope. I can, this is something I can do in Des Moines or in Omaha, Nebraska. Absolutely. And, and uh, Omaha has a great startup community here that's doing pretty well and thriving. I about it. I'm surprised I got a chance to meet so many great people. No, it's, yeah. it's Omaha is, I think, the best kept secret in the United States when we think about cost of living, oh, availability yeah. to tech. <laughs> Yeah. And availability of just great people. I just think Omaha uh, creates great people here. So we have a great opportunity um, in that as well. Let's um, shift gears a little bit, sure, uh, sure. talk a little bit about security, because I know that's a big Absolutely. deal for you, passion. right? Real passion for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as a as a tech guy and as a blogger and podcaster, I'm really worried about where we're headed mm-hmm. um, as an industry around security. Sure. Can you calm those fears, or is it really as bad as we think? When we think about mm-hmm. information security, people getting their sites hacked, information, email servers, right? All this crazy stuff that's going on right now. How do you approach this? Am I, mm-hmm. Should I be worried or is everything okay? Well, I think that everyone has a responsibility to, to try to make the best decision they possibly can. And that's with the information that they have. There's a responsibility that companies have to make sure that people know what is and isn't being done with their data, where it's going, who it's being sold to, because it's often not the company that you gave your data to that ends up getting hacked. It's the third party you didn't know about and didn't pay attention to in the TOS. Now on a general kind of holistic nature, the, the information security is an extraordinary part of technology. It's it's the most exciting part of it to me personally. I think that it's the, it's the place that you find the crazy people and the dreamers right now trying to break things and figure out how they work. And one of the, the things I think I find most of all in, in InfoSec is people with a deep passion for protecting other people for trying to figure out how the system works and making sure that the little guy isn't getting hurt. Mm -hmm. Now, those are the white hat hackers. There are absolutely people out there that are bad and will steal your information. I like to think that um, there's this great quote from Sherlock uh, season two, the BBC one where Benedict Cumberbatch is facing down James Moriarty. And he says, I may be on the side of the angels, but don't ever mistake me for being one of them. Mm. I think that's, that's kind of a commonality among a lot of people. And they, they have these, these great minds that are focused on making sure that people are safe and sometimes they come about it through a, a little bit of an awkward angle on occasion. Yeah. I think that the entire industry is the greatest thing I've ever discovered. I love being part of it. And I think that the 
the public image of white hat hackers needs a little bit of a rehabilitation, given mm -hmm. the passion that most of the people I know and the intelligence that most of the people I know bring to protecting people that don't have their yeah. skill set. Yeah, yeah, we need some we need some good guys. Yeah, we do. There's a you lot know? of them out there. Our tax surfaces continue to get larger yes, as we do. think about what's on our phone. A little bit. What kind of when you're talking to the average guy sure. or gal, what kind of advice do you give them to kind of reduce that? Because we'll mm. never get a zero. We'll never get no, a, we a zero footprint, right? right. There will always be some kind of attack sure. surface. What, what kind of advice do you give them? Well, there's the crazy option. You can air gap all of your computers. You can turn <laughs> off all your devices and kill everything. Right. The truth is, right. is that's yeah. not realistic, right? Yeah. We interact yeah. with other people. And just as when you're interacting with other people in relationships, opening yourself up means you have a chance to get hurt, but that's when you get the value out of being part of a human community. Right. You know, Opening yourself up to the information community means that you have that increased attack surface. You can be hurt. Um, the number one thing I actually tell people who are super non-technical to do is just set a passcode on your phone. And I don't care if it's 1111, right? That is still an order of magnitude beyond the security that you previously had. Mm -hmm. And that helps so much, especially, you know, if it's if it's grandma, if it's somebody, you know, it's, it, grandma and grandpa call you up and say, hey, kiddo, how do I secure my phone? I'm scared of all these hackers. Set a passcode yeah. is really what it is. And make sure that, and the next step beyond that, of course, is use a password manager. Don't use the same password on every site. Yeah. Those are the two biggest things that can stop you from most major hacks that aren't directed at you. Yeah, Absolutely. I think I think be smart uh, yeah, about be what smart. you're doing. Careful how you're yeah. connecting to sure. to uh, Wi-Fi networks in yeah. various areas, right? I mean, there's, some, sure. there's some things you can do, some mm -hmm. security you can do that's getting better. Do you see it getting better or do you see it getting worse? In, in these realms? Well, I think that there's a lot more popular media out now that is kind of demystifying the nature of information security as a community and what normal human beings can do to protect themselves. Um, I, I happen to love the show, Mr. Robot, and I, I had a- uh, A lot of people yeah, like that show. It's, it's yeah. a pretty good show. It's a good show. Um, I was involved with something that they did in, in Tribeca. It was a lot of fun. And um, I think that it's a great way to look at how the, the mind of people that are part of this community think, while at the same time being super sensationalized. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I think that normal human beings who see this community are often um, are often taken aback or even put off by kind of the the craziness and the dress and the mohawks and the piercings <laughs> and, and they and um, and they should absolutely recognize that there are good guys out there and we are doing the best that we possibly can to build a safer world using the best tools we have now that yeah. we're inventing more every day. Yeah. I get an opportunity. I record a podcast called Cyber Frontiers and Killer. I have some uh, students that work at the University of Maryland in, right. in the DC area. We talk about this cyber security, mm -hmm. cyber good defense all the time. There, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And those are some of the good guys. Yes, and they are. So even in college, we are starting to see good. hopefully more and more of these, these mm -hmm. good guys coming forward. What's, um, what's the future of Tarot look like? Where, where do you hope to be next three to five years. What's on the horizon for you? What would, you well, are, know? Wait, are we interviewing me for a job? <laughs> right about now? Uh, hmm. Sure. Hey, if that's, if that's an option, let's do that. <laughs> Jamie, you want to get over here? <laughs> all, all I really want right now is like my, my latte and my cat. Is, yes. Um, and cat, cat or cat videos. Cat either, and cat videos, either one I work? Think, okay. Exactly. All right. <laughs> so I think uh, what I'm going to be trying to do is just continue to push information out there to the best of my ability. It's uh, when we are at this point in our careers, I think one thing that really goes lacking in almost every field in technology is an understanding of how to get an engineer to manage other engineers. I see a deficit of leadership training in the industry that includes information security. Okay. Absolutely. How do you go from being yeah. someone who can do penetration testing to someone who manages penetration testers? Yeah. How do you manage a crew of people who are putting a website together if you yourself have never yeah. been a developer. And yet at the same time, if you were a developer 
who trains you to be a manager? Yeah. So that's that's a question I'm really interested yeah. in right now. No, that's a great yeah. question. It's not one I expected and not one I'm hearing very often mm -hmm. uh, in, in the sense of, uh, you know, we have a information security problem yes. and uh, we've got a lot of great people on the ground, mm -hmm. but the future is really in the leadership of that and strong, so. strong leaders and strong management yes. and strong interesting. vision about what can and can't solve problems. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, very good. Uh, Women Absolutely. in Tech is your book. Is there going to be a follow up to this? Are you going to tell some stories? I mean, I, certainly yeah. mm -hmm. there's new stories. Uh, when oh, did you gosh. when did you publish this? How long uh, ago? This was, I think, six, no, five months ago. I okay. Think was the launch so, date so of it. It's fairly and, new yeah. out well, there. And now what actually happened was uh, I had several of these women lined up in advance. And we ran the Kickstarter, which yeah. is the, apparently it was the largest. Oh, it's Kickstarter book? Uh, yeah, it was nice. the largest. Uh, we set a record for anthologies, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was quite extraordinary. And and um, over the course of that Kickstarter, there were hundreds of women who actually emailed me asking, do you want me to be part of this book? And we, so we finally actually turned it into a medium channel called Stories from Women in Tech. So anyone who would love to tell your story, who wants to, to get that pushed out there, just tell a story about how you got into technology, what you love and what you don't love. And uh, yeah, if you'd love to, just reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at at Tara, T-A-R-A-H. It's my first name. You got yeah. at Tara? Absolutely. On Twitter? How long, how long have you been on Twitter? Since the beginning, a little bit, pretty close, a little bit to yeah. it. Well, that's that's very cool. Who's the who's the book for? Who'd you write this book? At the end of the day, who's your target audience? In and who should who should pick this up? I mean, what, sure. do I give this to my high school girls? Yeah, do I uh, who who gets it? Um, this this is really aimed at the high school through uh, the director level for women in technology. Okay. While it's applicable to everyone, and I've heard girls as young as eight emailing me and I can tell you right now um, that it's the dads emailing me and telling me I gave this book to my daughter and she's she's trying to, to program on the computer that is I'll be sobbing over my yeah. keyboard when I read those yeah uh, but this is really aimed especially at those women who aren't sure whether or not they want to get into technology and the women who aren't sure if they want to get out of technology it's probably the best way to put it okay no I, I would think as I mm -hmm. think about the the uh, the ladies who joined me in high school, this sure. would probably be a, a, a nice primer mm -hmm. for for them, something to consider as they start uh, as they start working through it. Yeah. We'll look for um, will, will the next one be called Women in Tech Two Two Point <laughs> That's such a bad thing to say. Well, right? it's funny. But, Angie Chang actually uh, was the founder of Women Two Point the organization, and she wrote uh, the the Crusader chapter in here, which is really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think I can I think I can safely say that there's something else coming out sometime Good. soon. So, Exciting. Absolutely. Well, we'll we'll be excited to follow this a little bit. Thanks for coming to right. Omaha and being a part of. Uh, if if they if nobody has thanked you yet, I'm sure you've gotten a lot. But uh, and again, some great comments coming out of the keynote. A good reason <laughs> to be here at Heartland Developer Conference um, every single year. Tara, thank you for being a part of the interview. I appreciate it. Jim Collison, we're live from the Heartland Developer Conference here, 2016. I'm here with Ryan Pendle. And uh, Ryan, good to podcast with you face to face. Yeah, I think the last time we podcasted was on a Silicon Prairie News Minute. Yeah, which we've kind of let just go. I think. Yeah, at this point, yeah, right? yeah. No, I think I think it was I think it was really I think it was really good to do. I think there's yeah. there's so much news. There's so much stuff that's right. happening. So I think it's always worthwhile. A, a good experiment, I think, for us. Uh, this is a, a little bit maybe of an experiment in uh, the small business as well that. We thought we might be, we might have something. We gave it a try. I think at its best, uh, we had a couple hundred subscribe to it, which is yeah. actually well above a regular, you know, any average podcaster. Uh, both you and I, we got busy. Infotech came up. 
And we just kind of thought, well, you know, from a time standpoint, it's tough to keep it up. And so we pivoted, we changed, we kind of yeah, pivoted yeah, to yeah. nothing <laughs> at this point. But um, uh, that's because Silicon Prairie News, there's a lot going on, right? Yeah. I think uh, between Infotech and Heartland Developer Conference, can you give me a little update on what's going on with Silicon Prairie News? What kind of things are happening? I know you guys sure, yeah. continue to have great startup news, and I've yeah, I've I've uh, added, I've uh, shared a bunch of it on Facebook. Yeah, we've uh, we're just continuing to do a lot of startup profiles. There's so many, so many great companies. We have a a massive, massive backlog of lists of companies that we haven't gotten to yet that we want to profile that are doing really interesting stuff. Um, I think that the as a whole, the regional startup community continues to mature. And so you see, I think what's most exciting is to see companies where you have people that were in startups and now they're out of a startup, but now they're starting a new startup, starting another company, or um, I think a lot of the cool stuff, like what's happening with, you know, Benazance becoming Wex and yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah. is really exciting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that the the whole region just continues to explode and, and and uh, yeah, I think it's just really, really exciting. It's it, it's both here and in Lincoln. Des Moines continues to grow nicely. Mm -hmm. I think Kansas City, yeah, still humming along. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hearing some rumblings in St. Louis as well. And so yeah, you, you feel like that's it's really coming along and growing in those. Yeah, markets. and I think I think what's neat is seeing the way in which the region, uh, the region itself becomes a platform. So you have, uh, you know, a company will maybe be based in Lincoln. But then they get to they expand Omaha, they expand expand to Kansas City. Um, you know, today today we did a story on Deal Any Day out of Lincoln, and uh, you know they're based in Lincoln, but they have a national team. They have people from all over the country that work for them, and they've expanded Omaha and Des Moines and Kansas City, and they're, you know so they kind of have this uh, both a talent pool and a user and a user base are you know yeah. kind of built into the region i yeah. think it's uh it's always exciting to see that stuff where people kind of cross those borders yeah it seems know. like the startup culture community it's the strongest i've seen in me or do you, do you get that feeling as well yeah i think uh i think that I think everyone talks about with startups, you kind of like talk about like the kind of hype to substance ratio. Right. Little Gartner hype cycle in yeah, there, exactly, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I think that uh, I think that there was there's always been a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. And I think that I think that as there's more successful companies and, and all that, I think that the substance kind of the the uh, the talent pool continues to go up. Um, I think that, you know, when you have really big success stories uh, those kind of kind of grow out and become, and I think everyone becomes a bit more savvy. Everyone's a bit more, um, I think among our readership, I think people are just a bit more, um, I, yeah, I guess I would just say more savvy, right? Yeah. They're just a little bit like kind of questioning things more, yeah. which I think is a Maybe really positive More move. skeptical. Yeah, yeah. Right, just a little more skepticism, like, just because you have a great idea and a website doesn't always mean it's going to turn into a business, right? Right, a right. More skeptical. And yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, obviously people throw around the word traction a lot, yeah. but but I think yeah. what we really want to see is, okay, real, you know, real users, real dollars, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, and uh, I think even in the venture capital level, people are, uh, you know, I think obviously everyone's really excited to see venture capital at the same time. You have a lot of people that say, "Well, okay, 
yeah, venture capital is awesome, but it's also kind of debt, right? Like yeah. debt, like here's people you got to pay back. Right. So I think that nationwide, right? So looking at Silicon Valley and all that kind of stuff, there's been, everyone talks about kind of this correction mm -hmm. of venture capital kind of pulling back and all that kind of stuff. I think that our region is in a really great position uh, because we have a, a, a culture that's more of a bootstrapping culture. Yeah. And also a more like revenue hard dollar culture. I think uh, both investors and business people here are much more like, much less speculative. Are you saying more realistic, Ryan? Yeah, Is that like, what you're saying? <laughs> more, more attuned with reality. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that, uh, so I think that we're in a really good position as a region. I yeah. think to we both weather this and also be really attractive yeah. to people outside the region that are looking for like, okay. You know, maybe some of the errors coming out of yeah. a lot of the hype. So, well, and the cost is so much different here, especially in Omaha. Your ROI, that just because the costs are so much less, your ROI calculations change so much faster when it when it talk about making that profit or getting to profitability. Right? You just right. don't have that overhead. Yeah, yeah. You're not. Exists. I mean, even if yeah, Kansas City is also a great example of you know you got these places where you're not gonna spend millions of dollars just to have an office, right? Yeah, right. Like, you're gonna just be right. people that, uh, these kind of crazy, crazy expensive and yeah, people, and that's where we get a lot of the national attention Yeah, is when the, when the rent prices go up in a yeah. lot of these big cities, people are like looking at the grass is kind of greener. Yeah, we had Victoria on here. We talked about the exchange building. There's yeah. even some opportunities when we think about what AIM is doing. Of course, you're in the building as well. And right, so you yeah. see some of this and so, some collaboratives right there where costs are reasonable and low. Um, so I just some great opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Right, from that and standpoint. For, for startups, you know, they, uh, they have certain kinds of needs where, you know, you might say, okay, do I really want to lock into a, you know, a year long lease, a two year lease when I don't know what's happening in the next three months. Right. right? So having those flexible options is, is a big part Yeah, No, I'm excited to see the uh, UNO Foundation step yeah. in as well and help with that. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about what's going on in Omaha. It seems like the pieces are coming together nicely. Yeah. Uh, and I even think about some of the work that the zoo is doing with the UNO and some of the work that the chamber is doing uh, out there with everybody in the startup community. Right, yeah. It's great with AIM. Yeah. Uh, there's just some great pieces and our, and our STEM ecosystem is coming together. We're, we are literally a month or two away from hiring a STEM ecosystem manager or coordinator, whatever, whatever we want to put a person whose job it will be to help ensure that a lot of the STEM activities, not regulate them, yeah. but make sure that they're happening in coordination. And we as a company are excited about that because yeah. that gets us better resources, you know? So, yeah. And you, and you just need, you need advocates, right? You need yeah. someone who's going to be there at the table. Who's, who's, you know, when there's important decisions being made, who's at yeah. the table that's making those decisions. Yeah. Sure. Ryan, a lot of the exciting news that you see when we think about startups in, the, yeah, in this yeah. community come across your desk. Yeah. Uh, what have you seen recently that you just kind of went, wow, this is really cool? Uh, I would say, I mean, I think that all the precision ag stuff is just like super fascinating to me. Um, I think a lot of the, uh, I think that there's a lot of cool, cool companies that are doing stuff along with that. Um, I mean, one company that I always have in the back of my mind is what's happening with Acuvera. Um, you know, they've been kind of under the radar mostly, but I think that um, what's going on there is is really exciting. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, uh, looking at uh, Score Vision, 
I think Square Vision's got a really strong team of kind of veteran entrepreneurs and kind of stuff like that and and really kind of taking uh, taking kind of uh, high school sports and kind of small college sports, but really like finding that data, where's kind of the data play in that? Like how can you kind of uh, give that, that uh, kind of like professional experience, the professional experience to these kind of smaller, smaller venues and stuff. So I think there's a lot of really cool opportunities there, obviously. Um, I mean, probably the, the truly world changing stuff is usually like the payment processing, right? So like, if yeah. you can, if you can change the way people exchange money in any way, like you're, you're talking about, you know, billion dollar markets, international, you know, play. So, but, but often that's not the most exciting thing, right? Yeah. It's not the most, so that's usually, yeah, maybe doesn't get the most attention, but I think particularly our region with Des Moines, Omaha, Kansas city, a lot of stuff going on with insurance, banking, investing, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sure. You, you ran an article and I think it's this lawn hero. Is that yeah, lawn hero? Yeah. Lawn hero out uh, Silicon Prairie news.com. And that hero is spelled H-I-R-O. So yeah, L-A-W-N-H-R. Yeah. I found this fascinating because I'm a guy who loves to mow my own lawn. Yeah. But uh, if you wanted to hire the Uberization right. of lawn mowing right, yeah. is going on. And so a little startup coming around of being able to connect lawn mowers to lawns that need to be mowed, right? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, there's, there's always like there's little like uber for lawns is this yeah. idea that keeps popping up various yeah. places yeah. uh there was recently like a, a pitch competition uh in wichita that was a very similar kind of company like this kind of how do you kind of this lawn, lawn mowing on demand yeah how do you make that work so right. i think it's a concept that's there i think what i like about lawn hero is they're interested in connecting with zillow's using zillow's data that's already there so what can you already learn about people's you know, houses, locations, all that kind of stuff, use that as a platform. So I think that there's uh, something exciting about that too. And yeah. So, so someone's going to crack the code on Uber for lawns. Like someone's going to, yeah. Well, it's, everyone it's wants always this, this connecting. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, in the lawn business, there's always the snowing, the snow plow business, yeah, right? Here, yeah. here in Nebraska, if you own a lawn business, you push snow in the winter. That's just right. kind of the way it works uh, for a lot of people. That is also a industry that is kind of right for, because I, I don't think the average consumer necessarily knows how to get that done unless they go with a big lawn service and they then they I don't need a lawn I don't need that. Right. But you might just need your lawn mode once, right? And I think this is thing and that Uberization of it is being able to taking that need, putting it with someone who can do it and then making that thing happen in a transaction that's simple. Right, right. right? I think that's the magic of Uber. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I and I think there's also a part of it too is the the way in which, and you see this with like Jed and things like that, where the, you can change the price, where people can find a price that works for them. Right. So maybe like, if you well, want your and lawn, the service adjusts. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I think that I think that, uh, yeah. In so many, we're really seeing, particularly also with with retail, with like commercial local retail. There's so many startups now that are trying to figure out how do you do uh, marketing for those small local businesses using kind of these. Uh, using kind of these new technologies, these new ways of thinking about that. Um, how do you uh, how do you do <clears throat> that kind of small business retail? So I think that um, you know people talk about kind of like 
like the, the Amazon for local businesses, right? Like how do you, how do you give the average small business owner the, the power and all the tools and all of that, all of the data and all that yeah. kind of stuff? How do you make that for those yeah. small enterprises? So yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of people trying to figure it out. I think that it's a, um, what I always find in startups is that if it's, if it's easy, or obvious, there's a ton of people trying to yeah, do it. So yeah. it's highly competitive. Yeah. So you either got to find something that's very obscure that no one's thought of, which is really hard, or you have to solve a hard problem, right? Um, which is also really hard. Yeah. Right? So I think yeah. that's kind of the, it's it's fun to watch. Well, no sure. one said it would be easy, right? The fun, I mean, the fun thing about my yeah. job is I just get to watch, right? You know, I just get to watch other people do really hard work yeah. and, and get a report on it. Yeah. So that's watch, watch and report. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which, which you guys now are. I mean, I think there's something new coming out every single day. Yeah, maybe two or yeah, just yeah, yeah, one a day. How to talk to me a little about what's exciting, what's going on at Silicon Prairie News? Yeah, that uh, that's that you can share. Yeah, uh, I mean, with Silicon Prairie News, I think we have a lot of. Uh, we're always trying to expand our reach and expand our coverage. So, um, finding new ways to do more content. I think that that's true for any online media site. Like, how do you put out more content? Um, and so we're always looking for new opportunities to do that, new partners to find for that. Um, we're also, I mean, I think that, and this is a little bit more long-term, but a lot of the larger projects that we're working on is how do we provide kind of really uh, better data and more, more kind of statistics and kind of just like hard research on a lot of the stuff going on in the region. Uh, I get approached all the time with people say like, hey, give me a list of like the top, you know, the top 50 startups in the region or whatever, or, or uh, people that even just media outlets. So national media approaching SPN and saying, kind of tell us the story, like give us the, give us the hard facts on it. And so I think that there's a lot of people that want answers to those questions. So um, uh, I think that's kind of stuff we're interested in. Yeah. Interested in digging more into. And uh, like th this kind of connects with what I was saying earlier about um, people being more savvy, right? You know, so like people want, people don't just want the hype. They want to know kind of, okay, what's, what's actually going on in terms of, in terms of investment, in terms of um, startups, in terms of hiring, in terms of all these things, kind of what are the real numbers here? So yeah. uh, we got a lot of cool opportunities for that. I think there'll be be a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been from both the Gallup standpoint, uh, it's been fun. I've kind of plugged in because we're big in the entrepreneurial space with our yeah, entrepreneurial yeah. Pro, uh, profile ten that we have out there. But uh, it's been fun. I get your regular daily update. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've subscribed to it. It's Silicon Prairie News. Just shows up in my inbox. And I kind of see what you're talking about every day. Yeah, yeah. Super helpful. Are you seeing more and more readers signing up for that kind yeah, of subscription? Yeah, model? we, uh, yeah, we add, you have, a, you know, net, net new subscribers every single day. So uh, just like incredible growth on our email yeah. list has been good. really good. But we've been, I think we grew about uh, grew our email list about forty percent last year, so nice. it's a huge, good, huge boost for us. Good. So, yeah. Well, I love the partnership with AIM that mm -hmm. you guys have, and in in the work that you're doing there, I think it's a perfect fit. We had Victoria in here earlier, and we we're just trying to 
kind of going through all the stuff that's happening in the Omaha community. And it's a little magical right now. I, yeah. The planets are really lining up in Omaha nicely. Yeah. Everybody's playing nicely in the sandbox and walls are coming down and both startup and inter large enterprise are working together. It's a fabulous yeah. um, kind of, so yeah. no surprise that, that hopefully, you know, um, rising tides float all boats, right? Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully you're seeing some of that too. Yeah. I think, I think aim, uh, the way the way I think of the way I think of AIM sometimes is it's like the it's like the 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 hardware that sometimes you don't see. So you have you have this like all this really cool, cool stuff happening at the Exchange Building, really cool stuff happening with with SPN with Big Omaha, like all this really cool startup stuff that's going on. Um, and and behind all that, you know, like AIM is kind of powering yeah, that, and so yeah. it's been really exciting. No, to I'm super them, excited. So. They they quietly behind the scenes are just driving. And I really like that. Somebody, yeah. it's kind of the they're kind of a, a neutral. They're, you know, they're kind of like the neutral party right. who can come in and and do some of these initiatives without it being one of the big organizations or one of the universities or right. The, right. And, and so, I, I think we're lining. I think we're lining yeah. things up. Nicely. I think. Yeah. To me, what's really cool when I look at other startup communities, um, and just tech communities in general the ones that really seem to take off and really seem to like get some growth going are ones where the the university and the enterprise sector and the you know kind of startup techie kind of world like where they all kind of get on the same page yeah and i think that um i think that probably for a lot of for several years i think omaha's kind of struggled a little bit with that like okay where does like uno fit in with everything else? Where does the chamber kind of fit in with everything? Um, where do kind of the uh, companies like Gallup kind of fit in with, yep. um, you know, other like with other kind of newer companies and all the, where do we all kind of like fit in together? And I think uh, it's been a little bit of a dance, but I think that if just within the past year, I think you kind of started to see these kind of aligning. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, where do you get that, get talent, get companies, you know, uh, get those uh, public institutions kind of all working together. It's, it's really exciting. Comes together nicely. Yeah, um, yeah. Are we perfect? No, I think we got a lot of work to yeah, do, yeah. but is it a good model? I think there are some other um, cities that could, could take a hard look at Omaha that are the size of Omaha that maybe didn't think they could do some of these things and, and, and maybe take the best. I know we look around the country all the time. I'm a, a part of those boards that, yeah look around the country to see how other cities, how other bigger cities are doing it and what's the best of it right? and pull those in. So I think we got an opportunity. All right, let yeah, me, yeah. let me shift gears majorly here okay. real quick <laughs> as we kind of come to, to come to a close. No headphone jack in the iPhone seven, big deal, not a big deal. Uh, well, I, <laughs> I mean, I think it's, what's funny is like they, They've done it before. Like, right they've out. taken away things from us before. I know they have. And we all seem to get over it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah. if it all goes back to kind of like Jobs's, you know, thing where, or I guess it all goes all the way back to Henry Ford. Like, yeah. you know, if you ask people what they wanted, they wanted a faster horse. People don't know what they want. You have to right. show them what they want. Right. Um, so I, don't, I think it's probably a sign that, you know, does, I don't know that, I think the, like the design people at Apple are still kind of pushing the envelope. And so yeah. I think it'll always be. Yeah. Uh, I think I what I think I'm, just what like, will, I'm going to lose my headphones all the time. Well, I but think, then I hate, I hate the wires anyway. I know. I hate, so. And I can never, I can't keep a pair of earbuds. I, I lose those too. Um, I, I think it will push us to think differently about Bluetooth. I think it'll make Bluetooth in the end better. 
Yeah. Um, I think Bluetooth's kind of gotten a pass for the most part. Right. It's like, right, well, right. it kind of is and it kind of isn't. And it kind of works sometimes and it doesn't work others. And nobody really cares because I'll just plug in. Right. Right. And this, right. this kind of forces the masses. Now, I don't see Android changing this anytime soon. Oh, they, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they'll surprise us and follow. Yeah. But I think it will be one of those things that drives innovation a little bit. I like it. I hate it. And I like it all at the same time. <laughs> I hate it because it's going to force me to get a pair of expensive Bluetooth. Right. right. Now, that'll drive the price down. Right. It won't right. be long before we see inexpensive Bluetooth stuff coming out. That's of good quality. It will be really telling to see what Android does what Google does right on this and if they seem to follow you know they've gotten USB-C on all their on all their hardware yeah yeah that hasn't necessarily translated everywhere yet it yeah, might yeah, yeah. although we're seeing more USB-C right than we've ever seen so yeah and I think I think too with with the Bluetooth too I mean I think there was maybe this is maybe this is old now but like there was kind of that like people that people that have a Bluetooth headset <laughs> like a kind of reputation oh, yeah, yeah. Of like what those kind of and so I think that you have like, you know, with Google Glass or whatever, where you, you know, do you, are you going to have that problem where, you know, people yeah. Yeah. walking around talking and you're just right. like, oh yeah, they're, you know. Yeah. Well, and some of the, the newer uh, Bluetooth earbuds separate and I mean, they are hidden in there. Yeah. And like, you just don't know. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, that's a good point. I think. Well, that, yeah, I think my yeah. listeners at, on Home Gadget Geeks will weigh in on this for sure. Right. Because they'll be like, no, I don't want to talk to somebody who's got those, you know, where I can't see it. Yeah, I lived I yeah. lived in Chicago for a few years, and I know that it was like, you can always, like, it was always like, who are the, like, who, the crazy people on the street? Like, who's the crazy person? Like, you have these people standing on the corner yeah. just talking to themselves, yeah, or yeah, people yeah, at yeah. a bus station just going off, you yeah. know, and, like, they're just, like, talking and just like what is super loud, super <laughs> pretentious, super seem arrogant, right? Yeah. So there's almost a cultural barrier to this. Yeah, yeah. And I, so there could be some problems. I see what you're saying in the sense that we had that cultural barrier before. Will this break it down, or how will people handle it now? You know, they had that thing in their ear and a little, you know, and you could kind of tell, and you're like, oh, I don't want to talk to that guy. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Are you yeah. on or on what? You know. Yeah. 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 So. I mean that was kind of that was kind of the thing too with with Google Glass was you couldn't you couldn't tell when someone right. was using it or not using it yeah. and I think that created this kind of weird vibe that people were kind of like eh, I don't know what you're doing while I'm yeah. talking to you yeah so do you reach a point where someone could be listening to something and you have no idea and then right. you find out that the whole time they were doing something there's just kind of that like trust issue and yeah. I don't know yeah. People want to know if you put, you know, you can put down your phone and your phone's gone, right? You right. People, you take out your headphones. I have your attention. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, so you're thinking, uh, which is, I think is good, is a, there's a cultural ramifications to this. It's just not a technology solution. I saw one of the tech pundits take an old pair, not an old pair, but a newer pair of earbuds that are wired and she just snipped the wires <laughs> off and she's like look i just saved myself 150 dollars right and and you i mean there's going to be that but there will also be this cultural piece that it'll have to get accepted culturally and and how will it be accepted into that i think we've all gotten used to our phones being here and even being on and even alerting us that's, right that's that wasn't always the case I yeah mean, remember when these things were super loud and super you right, know right. and they would interrupt conversations I think we've gotten better at that, right? And accepted it. Well, and I, I don't know if I mean I'm not an expert, but I think when you look at something like the iWatch, where you have you have 
uh, we have a, in our culture, wearing watches is something people do. Yeah. But also like when you look at your watch, it's a signal to you. <laughs> like we're done or yeah. I got to move on. No, I get that That's all the time. Thing. So how yeah. do you, right. I think, I don't know if that affects the way people that, you know, people use it. It's mm. different. I wear the band. So I have the Microsoft yeah, yeah, yeah. band. One, it's quieter. One of the things I love that watches have brought is quieter notifications because they buzz on your, they don't have to, you know, these things yeah. turn, I, you might as well have the ringer turned on, right? right A vibrating right, right, right. phone, right? Even if it's in your pocket. So oh, you, you could totally hear, hear it. it. Yeah, you yeah. totally hear it. But with a watch, nobody ever hears my watch, but you're right. Overcoming and with the, with the band, I'm not wearing it today because um, I didn't want to be interrupted by it. Like during the interview, I'm like, mm. but you're right. What I have to tell people sometimes, like I'll do this one time and they'll go, Oh, do, do you need to go? Right. And I'll say, my watch sends me notifications. It's just going to buzz from time to time. Right. And that seems to get people past that. Like I'm not ignoring yeah. them. It would just be like checking the notification on my phone. Sometimes, now, if it's a really important conversation, you just stop looking, right? right? But if it's a casual conversation, I'm finding more and more acceptance yeah. in that area where people kind of know you're distracted. Right. Shoot, I don't even know I have a text message unless it comes in on my watch. Because yeah. I've turned my phone completely off. Yeah. There's no, yeah, yeah. you know, and in most cases when I'm with people, I put it down like this. So, yeah. because I can feel it, right. you know, coming in. Well, so, like, yeah, I think with every new technology, people will figure out how to manage it where you have, you know, like when email first came along way back in the 90s, yeah. like they would hire email managers to like <laughs> help people understand like right. how do we, because it's, so we come up with more tools, we come up with ways, how do we manage email? Yeah. I think with notifications, right? Like everyone's got to figure out, okay, what notifications are essential? What levels of different notifications right. do I want? You know, what do I want to ring? What do I want to buzz? What do I not want to hear? That's about? so hard. And you gotta. Yeah. So as a user, know. as a user, I literally get a notification every minute. Now yeah, yeah, on yeah. On my phone. Yeah. Every minute, and so, and then I have to think. Well, what do I want to be notified on, and what don't I want to be notified on? And then I got to go in and change those. And there's these levels of granularity on changing them. I just don't. Yeah. I let them all go through and kind of deal with well, it. Well, then we, we go back and forth between complexity and, and simplicity. So like when Google when Google came around in the 90s, right, it was just like this this awe, awesome experience. It's just a search box. <laughs> it's not a yeah. it's not a web portal right. with like a bajillion links on right. it and ads everywhere. It it's it just simple. very simple. And so I think that we go back and forth with that, right? So now I got I got tons of apps all over my phone and stuff and you know I want now I want something that's very simple that just clarifies everything. Yeah. So which Microsoft tried to do with Windows Phone by the way, right? right? They yeah, tried yeah. to bring everything into services. Yeah. So you had a social service right, and right. A, per, a a people hub and and these kind of hubs. Right. And it may have been it was either too late or too early because yeah. everyone rejected it. None of the Facebook or Twitter, nobody would integrate with it. They wanted their own, right? They want people to come to their own sites, right? Right. Until the consumer demands that. I don't know if we'll ever get simpler until right, right. the consumer goes, I'm not going to your site anymore because I can't handle all the notifications right, right. you send me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. Well, it's, um, you know, I think yesterday's announcement and some people will be watching this in a time shifted manner. It'll be way after the fact, but I think it was just yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. Today's through, to yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. The watch, I don't see that. I think they iterated on the watch and it's not that big of a deal. And we have a phone that doesn't have a jack, right? And a few <laughs> yeah. other things on it. But I, I'm not sure there was much innovation that went on. I don't know. 
Any thoughts? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I just, I, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I, they're, they're still huge. Yeah. Still like hugely massive and hugely profitable. So yeah. I don't know how long that, uh, how, how long that gravy how train long that lasts, but I guess, you know, like with, it's with worked for Mark Microsoft Zuckerberg for the last Facebook, 30 years. <laughs> I think isn't, you know, Facebook's thing is like, like we want to, we want to create the Facebook killer, yeah, right? Right. And so Facebook wants to create the face, right. you know, like we want to create it before someone else does. Right. And uh, I so mean, hard to do. And they, you know, they've acquired Oculus and all that kind of stuff. And so, but Apple's just a lot more secretive, I think. So you don't, yeah. you never know what they have up their yeah. sleeve. Is there something else coming? Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. Cool. Anyway. Well, right behind us, they've got, an, they have a, um, a HoloLens over there. Yeah, I've been wanting to. We'll try have to that check out. it out. We're going to have them. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah. to get them interviewed here a little bit later today. Yeah, but we'll yeah, have to yeah. get over there. And for those watching, you can't. And I can't reach the camera. But over there, there's there's a uh, there's a HoloLens. Yeah, I've I've tried the I tried the Oculus now, and I I didn't notice it at the time, but I noticed afterwards I got headaches. But the, yeah. I've heard the yeah. HoloLens because it's a augmented thing. You yeah, don't get that same yeah. effect. So no, I'll try uh, it. There's nobody over there, so we'll wrap <laughs> we'll this up we're and gonna then, wrap this up we're right going to head, head over there. <laughs> if you're watching this part of the video, we're going to end the morning session here and I'll restart things for the afternoon. We have four or five sessions for you guys this afternoon. If you're listening uh, on the TheAverageGuy.tv and the, the podcast, uh, a good update from Ryan. And Ryan, thanks for taking yeah, the opportunity so much, to Jim. catch up good to talk to you. with you as well. And we'll be back uh, after lunch. <laughs>